So while trying to be the least instead of the greatest, Jesus, in private, in Capernaum, shares with his disciples about stumbling blocks. Matthew gives the intro to the speech with this line. Woe to the world because of the things that cause people to sin. Such things must come, but woe to the man through whom they come. Welcome to Anakinosis, where we renew our minds towards biblical worldview and the scriptures. This is a show for anyone looking to build or repair their biblical worldview. Whether you're 100% comfortable in the current Christian culture, or you feel like an outsider looking in, everyone is welcome. My name is Jeremy Egan. I'm just a guy with a Bible literacy background who has ASD and who thinks a lot about how to think. Today, Jesus continues to privately teach his disciples some important things. We're in Mark 9, verses 42 to 48. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a great millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. And if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life crippled than with two hands to go to hell, to the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better for you to enter life lame than with two feet be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into hell where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Remember, Jesus has a little one on his lap during this discussion, a disciple's child whom he had just hugged as an example of how the disciples needed to see themselves as least. Even the least, Jesus said, should not be brought to sin. For whoever does, it would be better for their outcome to be drowning than otherwise. Well, what's worse than death, Jesus? The answer is Gehenna. Hands, feet, eyes that cause you to sin, remove them before they drag you to Gehenna. This is both hyperbole and fascinating. Jesus isn't teaching self-mutilation, but rather the severity of sin's consequence. Corporal punishment is always better than capital punishment. Sin is a word used here, and it means rebellion, selfishness, choosing our way instead of God's, and it is a destructive behavior that will lead us to Gehenna. Three times Jesus says Gehenna, and those same three times your translator chose hell. I have covered this before in the afterlife episode, and I'll link that in the show notes, but hell is an evolutionary Saxon concept. If you have a practicing Jewish friend, ask them about hell. They don't believe in it. It's not in their scriptures. So why would Jesus keep saying hell if there's no religious context? Well, he isn't. He's saying Gehenna, and the context is both religious and social. Just outside Jerusalem's gates was 
Gehenna, a very literal fire pit for literal garbage. And it always was on fire. It was always consuming. It was always working. And it wasn't for people, as Jesus uses it symbolically, but in the saddest cases of unidentified bodies or mass disease, dead bodies were thrown in. Jesus also mentions fire three times in this passage, and it's translated fire, so that's good. It's the word pyre that, when used in scripture, is often used symbolically, like the fire of God or the fire of the Spirit. So Jesus pairs pyre with unquenchable, the word asbestos, which was best used to describe religious fires all around the world that could definitely go out, but people would keep them lit. Perpetual care to keep the fire going. So let me read this again using those meanings. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believed in me to sin, it would be better for him to drown. And if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better for you to enter life crippled than with two hands go to Gehenna outside the gates, to the perpetual symbolic fire. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better for you to enter life lame than with two feet be thrown into Gehenna outside the gates. And if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out. It's better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes be thrown into Gehenna outside the gates, where the worm does not die and the symbolic fire is kept lit. Changes the meaning, doesn't it? We can drag people into things that they don't want and they don't need. And this is the garbage dump path, not the path to life. Jesus contrasted the Gehenna outcome with the life outcome, even calling it the kingdom of God. Gehenna is permadeath. Life is the resurrection. Now, why would they enter in the resurrection without their hand or without their eye? Well, Jesus isn't speaking literal here, but many Jewish branches believed that you would be raised in the same form you died, and then you would be healed. Now, remember, John was ridiculing the exorcist who wasn't part of their group when he should have been encouraging him instead. For this young exorcist could be ruined by them saying he isn't mature enough or he's not doing it right or he's not doing it in their preferred way. It's a stumbling block. When discussing stumbling blocks, the Apostle Paul wrote that you can't keep everyone from stumbling here and there, but you should never deliberately cause someone to stumble. You should never spiritually trip someone on purpose or influence them in a way that their faith's not open to. You should never coax them into doing what they are uncomfortable with. Now, at the end there, verse 48, Jesus uses a direct quotation of Isaiah 66, 24 that speaks poetically of all the corpses that will be seen burning from the old creation while in the new creation. Who are the corpses? They were those who defied God. So there's a way to drive home a point. Jesus continues in verse 49 and 50. For everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if salt has lost its saltiness, how will you make it salty again? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. Did you catch the salting? 
everyone will be salted with fire. Everyone? Everyone. This sounds terrible, Jesus. I don't want to be salted with fire. Ah, but salt can be good. So be good salt and be at peace. So being at war and living in anger and conflict will make the salted fires upon us worse. Like when our friend pranks us by unscrewing the salt lid at a restaurant. It's too much. You could have too much fire. But peace will make it better. And that makes sense. Being good with everyone is the best path. It aligns with God's will to love him and love our neighbor. Yet everyone will be salted with fire, as Jesus mentioned before. Because we aren't righteous. And this life can be hell. Well, why do I think Jesus is speaking to believers in verse 50? Well, his audience was the disciples, and his final word is a command to be peaceful. And so even though there's warnings about destruction here, it's aimed at those that Jesus hopes will choose the better path. And then Matthew writes down what he says next. Remember, he's still speaking in the context of being the least and treating the little ones well. Matthew 18, 12 to 14. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, will he not leave the 99 on the mountains to go search for the one that went astray? And if he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it more than the 99 that never went astray. So it is not the will of my Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. A hundred sheep, but one's lost. A good shepherd will leave the ninety-nine to pursue the one. Why? It is the will of the shepherd's father that none of the sheep perish. And when the one is found... There's rejoicing. If you want to be found, he'll find you. Don't worry about having strayed too far. Verse 11 doesn't appear in all the English translations, but it is an important statement. For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. He will pursue every last one. Directly after hearing about the pathway to the fire dump, Jesus declares, It's okay. I'm a good shepherd. As we continue to build our biblical worldview, we want to think about what in our minds needs renewed. We have a good shepherd. He tells us where each pathway leads, and he chases us down if we go down the wrong one. Can we stop asking then what's right and what's wrong? Can we stop asking how much we can get away with? And can we simply follow him in peace, life, and love? And are there ways that living a life of peace and love will provide opportunities to share the good news about this shepherd with others? We don't need to push, drag, or shove anyone anywhere. Pushers are better off being pushed in the ocean. Thank you for listening. Anna Kenosis is a project for anyone anywhere who's looking to renew their biblical worldview. Next time. Jesus will talk about the hardest thing, forgiving others. <laughs>